El Camino People, The Podcast, Episode 41. Hola fellow pilgrims, I am José Mertenaz, your pilgrim friend, and this is El Camino People, the podcast. Today, in our show, I'm joined by America Peregrina, who will be my awesome co-host today as we talk about what leads us into the Camino, what we expect from the Camino, why we go to the Camino, and why always we have to be open to what the Camino has waiting for us, because, as we always say, the Camino provides, and he does indeed. Uh, the Camino is getting... With more pilgrims day by day, we see a few pilgrims here and there. There is uh, about 400 pilgrims getting to Santiago, a lot of them from worldwide, but still few pilgrims coming from Roncesvalles and on the longer journey, but they are there, so we are seeing a lot of pilgrims. We still want to remind you that the normal regulations are still in Spain. I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook about what the rules are about walking in Spain, and according to the law right now, we are supposed to wear a mask full-time while we walk on the trails. I know it's weird, some people don't understand it, but it is what it is right now and probably will change soon. There's a lot of talks about what regulation of facial mask and you know and situations like this. So I think that probably soon we will be allowed to walk on the trails without. But for now we have to worry. For people coming from the Pyrenees remember that the PCRs is still mandatory and we don't know that anyone is asking there or checking if buildings are bringing it, but it's the regulation, so please be careful about what you do and your decisions. And if you want to know all the latest information about how to travel to Spain, what you have to do depending on the countries, we created a special site where you can go over there, and the link is on the show notes. And that's it. For now, no news, and we go with the interview with American Peregrina. Hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone and welcome to El Camino People, the podcast today. We are talking with a dear friend and you know, one of the funny things is like we met talking about beer. I was checking our Instagram messages and the first time we were talking about different IPAs. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Finally, the Camino is open. It seems like we are almost, I'm like, I don't even, when I'm asking about the year, I don't know if it's 2020, 2021. I'm like, it's something so weird about the, this time lately that... But it's finally summer. May is here in Spain. Finally, you know, the trees are blossoming. Weather is getting a little better. We start seeing people going to the to the beach. And finally, all the borders are open, you know, according to the to the new regulation. So ready to walk the Camino, ready to start receiving people in Pamplona and so in my beautiful town. So and what about you? How are things going over there? Things are going great here. We just are about to have everything open and no masks. Anywhere. Wow. So yeah, yeah, in full capacity. So Red That's Rock incredible. is supposed to be opening at full capacity and everything. So yeah, it's exciting. What about personal contact with people? It's like still, you know, the the handshake. That's one of the things that I was I was wondering. When are we gonna go back to to shake hands in March or to give a hug to someone else? Yeah, you know, I think for us, what I just read is that. Uh, like giving the peace in mass, we're finally mm -hmm. going to start doing that, but not with touching. So it's just yeah. like acknowledging people. With yeah, them. like right now. Yeah, in yeah, Spain is just, you know, your bow your head or whatever way or. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for a little longer, we still have to take measures. And that's what we say to the pilgrims, you know, COVID is still 
almost gone, but it's still there. So we need to still, you know, fight a little bit and and, and follow the, the rules. So ah, good times to be alive. But pilgrims are coming. We saw today many pictures of pilgrims arriving to Santiago, pilgrims in St. Jan, pilgrims in Roncesvalles, and that's the most beautiful sightseeing that we can see, and pilgrims crossing in Pamplona. Talburgues are finally getting open little by little, so I guess the Camino is back to open. Never Yay. was closed, but finally open. Finally. So, you know, we always start with the same, the questionnaire, the one-minute pilgrim questionnaire. So remember, we have a little kind of like, you know, sentence starters. Everything is Camino-related. And the whole idea is an icebreaker to start the, the interview. And whatever comes to your mind, don't overthink it. Just okay. go for it. Are you ready? Totally ready. Your first Camino. My first Camino. Amazing. Life-changing, healing, transforming. One city. Uh, Santiago. One meal. Oh, my chicken dinner. A song. Chicken dinner. A song, uh, Ripple, The Grateful Dead. Uh, stage on the Way. Stage on the Way. Oh, shoot. You know, I didn't really follow stages a whole lot. A happy moment. Oh, the fireworks in Santiago. Canteen or Camelback? Uh, I just carried a little water bottle. I'd go into bars and buy a water. Coffee with milk uh, or espresso? Uh, cafe con leche. Omelette with or without onions? Oh, I like the onions. But a beer? A beer? See? Sí. <laughs> Muxia or Fisterra? Finisterre. Okay, well done. I didn't go to Muxia. You didn't go to Muxia? No, I was okay. saving for an, another Fini Camino. I always say that, you know, for me, and, and I know I repeat myself many, many times because I always say the same. Fisterra is the place where you finish with your body. And Muxia is the place where you finish with your soul. It's oh. so magical, the place where there, the Virgen de la Barca, the little chapel at the end of the... It's just beautiful. But oh. both have something different. I love Finisterre too. It's just a great place and it's the, the lighthouse. But my first time over there, everything was cloudy, foggy. So I remember it was just, this is the end of the world as we know it. I'm like... <laughs> I'm sorry for you. I had somebody buy me a glass of champagne. So it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, he and his wife. It was very nice. Yeah, I went back the next day. I stayed a, a night over there, so I went back the next day, and it was beautiful. And but again, it was just it is what it's the Camino. You know, sometimes you the Camino provides in ways that we sometimes we don't understand. But I went back, and now every time I have you know, if it's my Camino, I always go to Fister or to Musia. But Musia always has that little place in my heart. Oh, that's good. That gives me something to look forward to. It is an incredible place. So tell us a little bit. We always start the interview saying, you know, how you know, did you find out about the Camino? What was the first time you heard the calling of the Camino? Uh, the first time I heard about the Camino, I we had an order of Spanish priests come to our church in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so we had one of the priests over for dinner. And I mean, I had checked out books from the library about Spain because it was so foreign to me. I'm like, Spain, I've never even thought of Spain, you know, <laughs> like who talks about Spain? Um, but so anyway, so we were having dinner and he mentioned the Camino and I was like, oh, do that? Like, I just couldn't even like get my head around it. And then probably a few years later, uh, the movie, The Way did come out and I watched it. I was like, 
oh my gosh, I have to walk the Camino. <laughs> I, I have to like walk the Camino. And I couldn't imagine how that would happen with my life being the way it was. Um, I had seven children and I was a very, very busy homeschooling <laughs> mom. So me walking the Camino, didn't ever think that would happen. But that was the first time was the Spanish priest gave me the idea. And then I always had this like crazy weird desire to uh, like run an albergue. I'm like, oh, we could do a farm to table sort of thing. And we could like, you know, it'd be the gift of hospitality. And that hasn't come to fruition yet, <laughs> but I won't hold my breath. You know. You will be surprised how many people ask me, you know, and I have a couple of friends that did, you know, from the States and from, you know, the UK or, or, or South Africa or Australia that are looking to move to Spain and start a little burger or, you know, a, a rural house on Airbnb or something. It's one of the things that yeah. you know, life here is, is much cheaper. It is. And retirement here is not a bad place. And if you love the Camino and right now they're going to be so. There's place and there's so many new Caminos opening that there is a whole, you know, whole country right now. It's not just the Frances, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I'm open. And maybe, you know, you can also be a hospitalera voluntaria for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would love to. That's even a good this, try out. Even this summer, I would be open to it, you know. Yeah. I don't know if the donativos are. This know, year, the donativos are going to be, most of them are going to be closed do it to, you know, put in someone that is a, a volunteer and, and, but some of them are going to be opening with, you know, small crews from people from Spain and things like that. There's even some new albergues opening. There's one opening in Camp Franc, it's in the Camino Aragonés, in the, the Aragonés way, in the French, but most of them, you know, they're not going to be as they used to be. But I think as we get closer to next year and being a double Saco Bay on next year, with things like that are looking so will be back to normal. So you just, you know, you need to apply to do the, the training because you need to do some training with the, for being a volunteer, but then, and the beauty of the being a hospitalist is like, you don't know what's going to happen. You apply that you tell, you say to them, you know, I would like to be here and here, but then they decide where to put you. So it's on my list here, but it's always walk the Camino or be hospitalero. Yeah. Very good. Hard decision, but so finally one day you decided to do the Camino and you arrive into Spain. You spend a couple of days in Madrid and then you travel to Pamplona. Why starting to Pamplona? Why the Camino Frances? I guess the Camino Frances was the movie, the, the way and everything, but why Pamplona and not St. John? Uh, so I guess probably two reasons went through my mind. Uh, one, I really feel like I started my Camino in Madrid. Um, okay. Because that's where I got my credentials. And it's funny because you really went to the, I was reading your blog and you went to the, to the church of Santiago in Madrid. And for many people, they don't know there is a really, it's not a new Camino, but it's getting more knowledge right now. The Camino de Invierno that goes from Madrid to Santiago. Yeah. I didn't know that there was that. I didn't know anything because when <laughs> I landed in Madrid, I was hoping to actually like rent an apartment in Madrid and settle down and then maybe walk the Camino the following year. And uh, that didn't work out. And so when that wasn't working out, I was like, well, I can't just stay with uh, this friend's family forever. <laughs> you know? like, God has to be calling me to something else. And so I had called a friend and I said, I, I think I'm going to walk the Camino. And he said, so it wasn't planned at all. You just arrived no, to Madrid. No, I had thrown a pair of hike, hiking shoes in my suitcase, but I had this enormous heavy suitcase, like all of my clothing. Right. And just threw in those hiking shoes and wasn't planning on walking the Camino at that point at all. 
And when I talked to my friend, he said, that's exactly what you should do. And uh, for me, it was just confirmation. And then he gave me like some really beautiful words and they were so mysterious to me. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, uh, let the Camino flow through me. <laughs> like, this is crazy, this crazy Spaniard. And he's actually <laughs> the Spaniard who was at my dinner table, who first gave me the whole idea of the Camino in the first place. So, um, yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm buying a train ticket. And so I had this feeling like, no, I want to start my Camino in Spain. Like, I just have this connection to Spain um, now that is almost unexplainable. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just the Camino, like Zaragoza is incredibly special to me. Um, really? I studied there. I went to college in Zaragoza. You did. You did. So I'm sure you've been to the cathedral there. Of course, the, the Mona del Pilar, La Basilica yeah. del Pilar. And that's it's a, and also, you know, it's connected to Santiago a lot. Well, I know Our Lady appeared to Santiago. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, so, like the connections of It's a huge life. connection between the Lady yeah. of Del Pilar with Santiago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then with Christopher Columbus in America and the New World and the mm -hmm. missions. And yeah, I mean, it's all, it all that's why I'm American Peregrina. See, there's like this. That was another question, like why the naming American Peregrina? But now everything yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted to really start my Camino in Spain. And then the other very um, honest, brutally honest part is I read about the hike from St. John to Pamplona as being so incredibly difficult. And I literally, as the mom of seven, I spent my life in a van driving my children from activity to activity to activity. So like, I was not in the best physical condition <laughs> at all. And so I wasn't even sure if I'd be able to make, make it even to, not even to Santiago. I was like, I hope, I hope to make it to Santiago. That's all I would say. And then I said, and I hope to make it there by the 24th and um, just for the feast. And so that honestly is why I thought, you know, I'm going to give myself the best chance <laughs> and skip St. John and skip the Pyrenees and start in Pamplona. And then I didn't know I would be hit with um, Mount Cordon right in the beginning either. So that kind of kicked my butt. Because That's a beautiful, but up, I guess right? yeah. you go it's up and then you think you're like, the, the worst the worst way is going down i usually go up you know i'm, I'm the lucky one living in pamplona is right here in front of my of my window but i go in up the perdon people are like oh this is hard i'm like no wait for what is coming the yeah. going down is horrible because there's no easy way with all those stones and pebbles and mm. so painful honestly. that's why it's great to start in saint Jean because you are like ah, this is nothing compared to where i came from <laughs> i don't know i still honestly don't have like this great desire in me to start in mm -hmm. St. John. Um, anyway, next time you came over St. John, we can skip it, but you have to visit Frances Valles. That's a mandatory visit. For pilgrims, you know, like you, like you say, you know, maybe the whole St. John is a little too much. I would suggest going to Frances Valles. That's because it's so beautiful. You know, the, the monastery up there, the, yeah. it's really the gate of the Camino in Spain is the main hospital that is written in the in the Codex Calixtinus as a place in Spain where pilgrims used to stay. So and from Drontes Valles to Pamplona's all the way down. Well I think I could physically handle it now because really it kind of 
my lifestyle changed after the Camino. It's like, mm-hmm. God, I just walked 500 miles. I can just keep on walking for the rest of my life, right? But, um, you know, I wonder too, though, because part of COVID, what happened is I started to do genealogy when we were mm-hmm. quarantined and uh, quarantined in my mom's basement. And so I started doing genealogy and I don't know if it's all completely accurate, but I traced my ancestry back to um, some saints who are uh, from Brittany. And wow. one actually, like, I think built a monastery on the Camino, but it would have been coming down from Brittany. From the Camino Inglés, yeah. St. John. So uh, that could be why, you know, it could just be you know, in my uh, DNA. Incredible. That can be a for a whole movie, maybe, you know, the new way. Oh, gosh. <laughs> maybe. So how was the, the beginning, you know, as, you, as I read through your blog, you, your first day in Pamplona, you were right here, you weren't thinking about the Camino at all, but you decided to go to the to the cathedral. For the ones that know, the Cathedral of Pamplona is beautiful inside, it's horrible outside because it's modern, kind of like, but it has some magic to it. And you start over there when there's a lot of pilgrims, you know, the beauty of Stanis and Jen is like the main group of stars there or, or Roncesvalles, but you start right there in Pamplona, not so many, a lot of pilgrims start, but how was the feeling of finally, you know, as you say, you know, you go to Madrid being a tourist and then you arrive in Pamplona as a tourist, but then you go to the cathedral, you stay for the mass and then suddenly you are a pilgrim. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really amazing. It was really special. Jose Maria, who was the volunteer there, he was just gave us a tour and, um, and then the priest who was there, we had this little, group time, I guess, for the pilgrims. And that was really cool. Um, but I really felt like a pilgrim before then. I really okay. felt like at the pilgrims mass in Madrid, that's when I Yep, yeah, true. Sorry. So, because you no, really went good. to Madrid and you get your compost, your no, credential. No, I met pilgrims there that uh, I would walk with throughout my Camino, like Darko from uh, Croatia, you know, this huge giant of a man. And uh, we would cross paths a lot. So, I mean, I still feel like I had that experience. And then I met a lot of pilgrims who started in St. John and because they were injured walking over the Pyrenees doing that little part <laughs> part that I skipped, uh, they were going a little slower on their Camino. So yeah, it was good. And then suddenly the Camino starts. So was it what you expected, you know, what people say from the movie? Because a lot of times I think right now there is a big problem that there's too much content about the Camino, really. I'm one of the ones that I, I people ask me why you don't do a what to carry, what to speak. I'm like, no, the Caminos have all the beauty of the Caminos discover it and you know get injured, get surprised. And even if you read all the blogs, but how was it for you on your first day of you know suddenly you get your backpack and you start walking? It was I mean, I didn't know anything. So people are walking past me saying Buen Camino. And I'm like, what the heck are they saying? I'm like, what are they saying? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, I knew nothing. I literally just knew nothing. And, so you were um, one of the few ones I that didn't research it. any YouTube, Facebook, no, nothing. No, I didn't. You know, my priest friend said, let the Camino flow through you. And he said, let your mind wander, which is actually like the opposite of what my spiritual director is always telling me. (laughs) And so, I mean, really, I was totally open, like to whatever the way had for me. And I was just like, this, this mystery is here. Let the Camino flow through me. It's this dirt path. And there's these pilgrims and they're saying, 
what are they saying? I don't even know. So, I mean, my first day was amazing. I met a, <clears throat> met a woman, <clears throat> excuse me, from Seattle. And so we walked a bit together and I met a lot of Americans, honestly. And then at the first albergue, they were so nice and gracious. They had a swimming pool and we had dinner and there were a ton of Germans there and um, they let me pick these cherry-like fruits. And so, I mean, and I met this great American woman who like really, uh, we connected in a really deep level and I knew mm -hmm. that I was supposed to meet her um, just for what I had been going through. And she was walking with her daughter and, um, and her son and so, I mean, really, it was just everything came together. And I'm thankful I didn't know anything, to be perfectly honest, mm -hmm. because really, I feel like the Camino unfolded for me and surprised me, but I didn't have any expectation either. And I was dealing with some really heavy stuff. And so it was just good. Like, here I was, and now I can focus. All I have to do is get up, you know, throw on my pack, put on my shoes, and walk. And whatever comes next comes next. Um, so no, it was my first day was great. My I was in pain, like so much pain, <laughs> but it was good. So what would you say, you know, for people that are listening to us that they are like, oh, I'm gonna walk the Camino. I'm same situation, you know. I'm thinking about planning. What will be, you know, okay, where you say, you know, plan a little bit, train a little bit. Will you do something different, or would you do everything the same way? Well, I'm doing it differently now because now I'm planning. And so, I mean, it's really fun being able to order Priana pants and mm -hmm. <laughs> be like, oh, I'm going to look so cute, <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about the issue with your with your clothing and the Camino Santiago. <laughs> I know, I know. I lose all my clothes. So right now that's my dilemma. I'm like, am I packing too much? And I keep telling myself, no, you're going to lose always. it. So, you always like, pack it too much. No. You know, you're not, a, I'm on a point in my life that even when I'm backpacking or anything, I always carry too much stuff. The next time I'm backpacking, I don't know, my next amino, I think I'm going to be going it with just one, one t-shirt and, and one set of shorts. I don't, I don't think I'm going to carry it. You need more than that. I mean, really, yeah. because like when you, we don't want you wearing a pilgrim shell. <laughs> oh come on that picture was beautiful people hated that picture on instagram it was funny you, you know that because of that picture a lot of people unfollow me but you I know the funny thing I, and i can know that it's a lot of you know some people that if you read the story some think people do nothing but you know what is the funniest thing with that picture i have a friend that he's a priest in rome he works in the vatican okay. and he was the first one laughing about that picture and saying you know and he was like that's so blessed. That's so beautiful. It's, no, no, there's nothing wrong in there. So when people complain, some people send me messages. I'm like, you know, if a priest that works in the Vatican can laugh about it and can see the beautiful side and how this picture has a meaning, I'm like, eh, if you don't want to follow me, you know, I don't have nothing to tell you. But, but I agree with you, you know, there, there, there's some tools. And I, one of the things that I learned is the technical clothing. You know, as I go to the Camino, I start to wear more technical clothing, you know, more better quality shorts or t-shirts because they dry faster. They work better with your, and you learn, I always said, you know, there's no one rule fits all for the Camino. There's, you need to learn your yeah. sneakers, what your trainers, what your backpack. Don't trust anything that's one, you know, there's people that work with boots. They do amazingly. There's people that walk barefoot and it works. You need yeah. to find what has worked for you. Yeah. I wouldn't change anything about my initial, my first mm -hmm. Camino, nothing. I mean, my Camino was how my Camino was supposed to be. And so I wouldn't change anything. Mm -hmm. And what do you remember the best days of your Camino, the best cities, the best moments? What were the best oh, memories you have? Gosh, the best memories I have. Um, I mean, really, I think 
meeting the people I met was amazing. Um, really amazing. But I think for me, the best part, like I'm the walker, the pilgrim who's like, okay, let's chat. Right. And I'll even eavesdrop and like jump into your conversation, but don't feel like you have to walk with me. Cause I really walk slow and I have asthma. So when I'm walking up, I'm like huffing and puffing and, uh, I really don't want you with me. <laughs> and so, I mean, for me, like really the healing that took place on the Camino for me was really the best part. And then honest to goodness, probably being in Santiago and seeing pilgrims I hadn't seen for a while and like reuniting with them and connecting with them and celebrating with them. And um, yeah, I think the personal connections are really um the most fun and honest to goodness my life did a 180 so this was totally new for me like 180 that was my life mm -hmm. so Camino was like I mean I remember being in Pamplona and needing to eat dinner and I'm like okay I'm gonna have to go into a bar by myself and I don't speak Spanish and um how am I gonna do that you know and honestly my uh, my first experience with people in Pamplona was not positive. It was on the public bus yeah, and they literally knew I was American and would not let me off and they were blocking me, you know? And so I'm like, how am I going to do this? And so like that for me, just walking into that bar and ordering the pinchos, uh, just with a big smile and like pointing and saying, you know, I hope you understand me. And they were so nice and gracious. So, I mean, it was uh, just like this yeah. new, new world, I, I guess. Things have changed in Pamplona, but it's true that the different people coming from the states and from the country is a big of an impact. We are really close society. You know, we, my group of friends, for example, we've been together all our lives since we're like three years old. We yeah. go to the same school, same church, same club, same everything. Pamplona is a small little village, but that's why I say, everybody, you know, give me, send me a message. I'm here. I would love to show you around. But it's true that, you know, once you get to, to and that's one of the beauty of the Camino. So it's funny because you mentioned that because that was my next question. The Camino with no speaking Spanish. Any problem at all or the opposite? Um, no, I didn't have any problem. I just learned, <clears throat> excuse me. I just learned that if I said things like I was asking a question such as El Baño, then <laughs> people would help me or I'd go Misa. And it was interesting because most people or a lot of people didn't know what I meant when I said Misa. And I'm like, I would get angry and frustrated. <laughs> misa, misa, misa. You know, like my... Spanish, my Spaniard would come out of me. Um, but no, so it honestly wasn't a problem. And I found that most people wanted to speak English with mm -hmm. me and practice their English. And honestly, I was fine with that. Um, did my Spanish improve? Yes, it did greatly. No, but I feel like my experience was past the language. Um, it was more, I really experienced the culture and the culture really, I, I wouldn't say that I became the culture or the culture became me. It was like this strange internal draw that was already there. Um, I don't know, like maybe I have no, I have no Spanish in me. I did my DNA, no Spanish in <laughs> me, but like I'm, I'm strangely Spanish. It's weird. Mm -hmm. But fully, funny, American, I... fully American too. <laughs> I learned that walking the Camino. So I love the way you say it on your, on your blog, you know, a smile plus pointing equals flute plus beer. I'm like, yes, 
Happy Pilgrim. Yeah. Happy Pilgrim. <laughs> Happy Pilgrim. Yeah. Funny, funny story though. There was this woman who she was trying to order uh, toast with jam at this albergue and she was Eastern mm -hmm. European and she, the woman gave her uh, toast with ham. And so she went up and said, no, I want toast with jam. I want toast with jam. And the woman's <laughs> like, I gave you toast with toast with jam. I gave you toast with jam. And so I pointed to the board. I'm like, she means she wants, she doesn't want Simone. <laughs> she wants, you know, Mermelada. <laughs> you know, it was just very funny. Lost in translation is so is beautiful. I love languages. It's just hilarious with the things that happen. But yeah, so no need for learning Spanish, no? No, no need, but I didn't experience any. And that's one of the things, you know, a lot of Spaniards, if you come in the summer, a lot of people hear English, it's finally getting more people to speak better English. But it's true that as we see, you know, people from the States and from, from the UK, Australia, people will hook you up and it's like oh finally my my time to try it out and learn to speak because in the old days in spain we will learn all the grammar and writing but we never learned to talk right right now it's changing you know with the with immersion programs in school and colleges but still we are one of those countries that you know and that we get really along with italians because they're the same they don't their english is kind of like but we we understand each other so if you're from the states or don't don't be surprised if people from spain go around you trying to speak english all the time to improve their english yeah that's true and one of the things that I love uh, about you is that you are, you always said, you know, that you, your faith, you know, you, you're Catholic, you go to the Camino and you were looking there. And how was the Camino? You know, right now, a lot of people say the Camino is not a, a faith journey. Some people say that it's a sport. Some people say it's a tourism. For me, I always say that, you know, no matter what you think you're going to the Camino for, if you're walking the whole Camino, there is something more than tourism or a sport. Call it whatever you want to call it you know, has many names, but how was the Camino for you? I think I agree with you. Um, I think if you're open to more on the Camino, then you'll experience more. Um, if you're t totally closed, which I did meet some pilgrims who were like that, mm -hmm. then you won't meet, you won't receive yeah. any. I, I met even pilgrims that they were like, I don't want to go into the Cathedral of Leona Burgos. I'm like, dude, I'm not talking about religion. It's just a monument that has been there and you're never going to be able to see it. You come from the States. Yeah. You don't know what next time you're going to come into Spain. Right. Visit it. It's five yeah. euros. It's so not beautiful. expensive. Right. Yeah, mm. it's so beautiful. I think one of the great things for me in walking the Camino um, was I'm a convert to Catholicism. So mm -hmm. I've been Catholic probably I don't, 18 years. Oh, didn't um, know that. Yeah, and so... And I very much lived in what I would say was a Catholic bubble. Uh, all, <laughs> all of my friends were Catholic. We all were homeschooling moms. We all had large families. Uh, we politically we were all on the same page. Yeah. And um, so for me, walking the Camino brought me back to a time when prior to that conversion and prior to having all this theology mm -hmm. uh, in my mind and really connecting with people who weren't Catholic, who weren't Christian, literally had never picked up a Bible, heard a gospel, um, heard a Bible story, uh, were they weren't baptized, uh, they were European and that mm -hmm. wasn't their culture. And I could see the spirit in them. I could see God working in them as they were walking the Camino. And so for me, it was a little, I was like, 
have to get my head around this. Like not in a bad way, not in a, like, yeah. it was like, I already knew this. Like I knew this prior to uh, immersing myself in a bubble. Right. Mm -hmm. And so getting out of that bubble and being able to like really come to understand the gospel and understand like Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sinners and uh, of which I am and that his love for them is so great that it can break through any theological ideas, even if it was mm -hmm. Thomas Aquinas who, you know, <laughs> hammered those out for us. And not to say those aren't true, but, mm -hmm. you know, like Thomas Aquinas also said, you know, yeah, people who aren't Catholic really can be saved as long as they're not purposely rejecting, as long as they're open and they're seeking. And that's what I found on the communion where so many people who were just seeking. Um, and it was beautiful, really beautiful. Yeah, I think one of the best parts of the communion, I remember I, I met a couple of Germans, you know, they weren't Catholic or anything, but they were, were one day. And there was this big mass in the, the village and also there was a summer camp so all the kids from the summer camp go to the mass and it was one of the longest masses you know here in, in spain usually mass goes from half an hour to four or five minutes so nothing close to an american mass so that day was kind of like one hour longer and these guys were like hey jose uh we want to go to mass but we are not catholic is that okay i'm like of course it's yeah. more, more than okay i'm like but we don't speak spanish like will you want translating for us i'm like of course and they went there and they experienced so that's why i tell everyone in the camino experience everything that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, embrace it. But if I go to, you know, Asia, I will try to go to Buddhist temple. I will try because it's also history, it's culture, and the Camino is also part, you know. Yeah. And I always talk with many people, they say, you know, churches have something in them, you know, call it whatever, if yeah. it is. But And one of the things, you know, if you are searching, as you say, seeking, in Ocebrera, you will find Father Paco, and it's one of those persons that, you know, and, you know, there's something there. Yeah. So if you're going to the Camino, I would say, you know, it's always something more. So open yourself to the unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, so agree. how was the arrival into Santiago? Always, you know, people, and that's lately in my latest podcast is funny because usually we, we see the, the arrival into Santiago, like Cinderella or like the beauty and the beast, the beautiful Disney and movie. And a lot of people for them is um so it's not not so a beautiful movie what what happened in your case how was the oh the case, i mean it was hard because i i got into santiago and all of a sudden there were all these little churches like before i got to the cathedral right and mm -hmm. so i want to go into those churches <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and that was my camino like really going into every church but um i kept focused and I just kept walking, but honestly, like I felt like this champion, right? Like, oh my, and I was amazed that God got me there. Like really it was his grace that got me there, that these feet <clears throat> made it to Santiago. And so, yeah, so I got there and I remember getting to the cathedral and you don't get to the front doors, right? As you walk in, you get to like those side doors mm -hmm. where there were barricades there and there was a security guard and I'm like, but can I just kiss the door, <laughs> this door, you know, like I'm here, can I just kiss it? And he was very nice and let me kiss the door. But uh, <laughs> no, so it really, for me, it was like so majestic and okay. amazing and wonderful. Unfortunately, um, I got my Compostela and uh, a pilgrim who uh, I was walking with a lot and spent a lot of time with, he was one who was going for the 
you know, 50 kilometers a day sort of thing. So he had already made it to Finisterre, Musia, and he had come back to Santiago to meet me. And uh, so I got my Compostela and I come out and I mean, I was emotional. Like it was like yeah. this very quiet, peaceful uh, contentment, you know, that brought tears to my eyes. And so I walk out and I'm just like, you know, immersed in this grace and, uh, and I meet him and we were going to go to lunch together and, and he opened his mouth. How sad is that? Right? Like, should have kept the silence, but, uh, he said, I just can't believe like all these pilgrims coming out of here with all these tears and everything in their eyes. And I said, you know what? I'm going to keep on walking. <laughs> you can stay here and I'm going to keep on walking and I'm going to go give myself a really nice meal and I'm going to go back to my albergue. And for me, that was really a freeing thing for me to be able mm -hmm. to like, have that boundary and say, you know what, like I've walked with you. <laughs> I've been kind to you. Uh, we've shared a few beers together, but enough is enough. And like, you're not what I need in my life. Um, mm -hmm. That was huge. So it was just like this moment of freedom uh, just with the stuff I had been working through. Um, yeah, so it was, it it's was incredible good. how the Camino puts your things in front of you yet you never expected, no, but they are there for a reason. Yeah. And then I met all the other pilgrims that I had met and that was amazing and fun. And I mean, gosh, Santiago throws an amazing party. I mean, really yes. amazing party. I think honestly, my favorite city in all of Europe is to be what? Santiago Ablona? on the 24th. I Ablona. am not. I, uh, I know, I know. I mean, there was that bus issue, so. <laughs> but the food there was amazing. The food was amazing. No, Santiago is beautiful. And, and I agree. One of the things that I say, everyone, you know, the best keep it secret when you finish your Caminos is stay for a full day in Santiago, go to the, to the Plaza Obradoiro and wait for other pilgrims to come. Yeah. And just seeing, you know, the smile, the faces changing from people that you walked days prior and everything. That for me, that's one of the best, you know, and then you go to a restaurant for a good meal or lunch, and then you can go back to Fisterra or you can continue or going home, but take one full day in Santiago is one of the best things. And, and as you say, you know, I've never been on the day of Santiago, but it's, it has to be incredible. Yeah, it really is. I had to take three days. I mean, it was so, so good. And then I told myself I need to get my butt in gear and you know, get back <laughs> to being a, a serious pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the great thing about being Catholic, right? We get to, we get to party. And that's one of the things, you know, I always say to everybody, people will say, you know, and talking, if you listen to the podcast, you're like, oh, they're talking all the time about church and everything, but no, they can, the Camino has the beauty. And one, that's why I think, you know, that the French is so well for the first time, because you can be faithful. You can go to mass almost every day. You can pray, you can have your personal time. You can do yoga, you can do whatever, but you can also party and there's nothing wrong. And that's, the beauty of the Camino, you have to embrace all of that. You know, I remember people that were hungover on the following day, not because we, they drank too much, you know, but a couple of beers at night when you're walking 30 kilometers a day or 20 something for some people is too much. But then next day, the Camino will hit you with a hangover and you're like, okay, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. But in Santiago, one of the things to do is to celebrate your arrival. And oh. it's such a beautiful city to celebrate. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing. So if you're there, you have to party. And you now know, that things are open, you have to party in Santiago. Yeah, and you have to, do. if you don't know where to go, tell me and I will tell you it's really, really good bars. But the food is amazing, the the wines and the beers and everything. Okay. And I only drink beer, but other, it's one of the things that you have to do. Beer. 
Yep, that's, that's my only. Only drinks beer. Yep. No, people of my friends drink everything. I'm like, but I'm not really into alcohol. I'm like, I drink pacharan. That is kind of like a liquor. Okay. Like yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. Here from the Pyrenees, from the north of Spain. But other than that, I'm like, I don't drink gin and tonics or anything. No, beer. Okay. But you have to celebrate in the Camino. And also we have so many different traditions. I remember in Spain, we have a, like a glass bottle. It's called Porron. It's like a triangle shape. Okay. And it's a little, a little hole. And you have to drink like this and throw it into your mouth. So we were in Grañón and it was us and a bunch of Germans, uh, Japanese, Americans. And it's really hard to drink because you're supposed to be you know, as the water falls or the beer, in this case was beer, you have to be drinking all the time. So people were like, you know, slapping all the t-shirts and everything. And it's pretty fun. And we have the bota. So those traditions are fun. If you don't drink alcohol, don't do it. But it is part of so for culture in Spain to go yeah. to bars, the pinchos, the tapas. Yeah. Oh, I, I love it. I love yeah. all, all of it. <clears throat> so you finish your Camino, you go to Finisterre, but then suddenly your Camino keeps on going. It does keep on going. Yeah. So that priest, he said, if you can, Michelle, try to go to the end of the world. And I'm literally listening to him on the phone going, the end of the world. Like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, so I went to the end of the world. Um, and my Camino was about forgiveness. And I mean, it was some pretty hardcore forgiveness. And mm -hmm. so I realized that, um, like, it wasn't done. Like, I still, like, still had some forgiveness. Too. some anger really to let go of and um so from there i went to uh where did i go next i went to portugal so fatima and that was amazing i did you go walking to fatima or, or by train or by, by no no by okay. this time i was like my blisters jose were so bad because the pair of hiking boots i threw in my suitcase I bought on clearance. They were Asalos, but I bought them on clearance. And so I probably like rationalized going down a size. Uh -huh. <laughs> so my my shoes were so bad and my feet were And then so you bad. tried to get new ones in the Camino, but they were too expensive. No, I, well, I did. I, I sold out that money. I mean, really, it was like the first time I was completely in charge of my own money. You know, I got married when I was 20 and like, you know, now I'm in mm -hmm. my 40s. And so, no, I sold out that money. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I need these shoes. But I just, funny thing, I just bought new shoes for my next Camino. And I thought, these are going to work. Uh, my toe, my big toe, I thought had two more months before it would be completely healed. I mean, that's how injured my feet were. Wow. And I took out those new, uh, those new trail runners and re-injured that toe from my first Camino. So... I just had to go buy new boots in addition to the trail runners I bought. But yeah, yeah. so my feet were in bad shape. So no, I did not walk to Fatima. I took a, I took a bus. I had met um, a priest pilgrim. And so mm -hmm. he kind of hooked me up and telling me where I could stay. And so when I went to Fatima, though, it was like completely no phone calls ahead of time. It was completely like just living in the moment, uh, living in the present and showed up at the... Um, the place where really religious usually stay when they go to Fatima with my mm -hmm. backpack on my back and said, uh, do you have a bed for me? <laughs> and he said, well, we have a whole room for you. And I was like, oh, a whole room to myself, you know? So, and it was like 20 or 30, 20 euros. And he's like, and do you want meals with that? 
like, oh my gosh, yes, I want me home. <laughs> so yeah, so it was great. It was so, it was so amazing. So it wasn't in your plans at all. It was something that came out just meeting this priest in, in Santiago. Yeah, I just knew that's what I was to do next. And so that's how I try to live my life is like just kind of living in the present. Mm -hmm. uh, I really believe that's where God is present and the only place God can be present. He can't be present in our past and he's not present in the future because mm -hmm. he's right here in the present. And so um, that's how I try to live. And so that was one of the amazing things about walking the Camino when we talk about being Catholic and having people who aren't Catholic around us. I was amazed, truly amazed how God used uh, completely people who were even atheists or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever to give me my next direction and um, to let me know his will for me. And, and, so, yeah, and that's mean, the beauty. This, Many people will say, you know, it's just... Yes. Yeah, many people will think, you know, it's just a gospel thing that happens. Many people will say, okay, and for us, we know that there's a there's a higher person that is putting all of that, and why the Camino say the Camino provides. So yeah, the true Camino always. completely provides. So yeah. how was Fatima? For the ones that don't know, the, the there's you know the, the Camino Portuguese. There's the yellow arrows that go up from Portugal all the way up, but there's the blue arrows that go from Santiago to Fatima. So a lot of people. They walk from Santiago to Fatima. It's another pilgrimage. It's not so famous, but it's beautiful. So how was Fatima? Fatima is amazing. I mean, it was so beautiful. I felt like I could live right there at the sanctuary for the rest of my life, and I'd be happy and content. Um, no, it was really beautiful. And Our Lady of Fatima, for me, I mean, prior to being Catholic, I mean, I was scared of Mary, to be perfectly honest, like terrified <laughs> of her. Um, <laughs> Really, I, I'm not even exaggerating. So and now she really is my mother, um, like the best mother I could have. But uh, no, Fatima was amazing. And just for me, it wasn't like any anything specific, but it was just all these graces, like just unleashed. And um, I could feel the Holy Spirit just working in me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the promises that were made at Fatima were amazing. And then led, you know, we're connected to a, a pilgrimage I ju just recently took to Krakow with Pope John mm -hmm. Paul II, like with his assassination attempt, um, with the children being shepherd. Uh, that was really beautiful. Like my great, my grandfather, he was a shepherd. So that for me is just a special connection. Uh, no, Fatima is just amazing. I think everyone should go. I think everyone should go to Fatima. It is so different than Santiago. It's totally different. I don't know how to explain this different, the feeling, everything. Yeah, it really is different. I mean, it was amazing to see people like walking on their knees, you know, and going around in their procession. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the candle thing was a little weird for me. Um, <laughs> and I asked them, I asked at the sanctuary, I said, can you, you know, like, what's up with the candle thing? It's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> we don't really know. Um, <laughs> they just keep doing it. Yeah. So I was like, okay. But I mean, amazing thing too. I actually met, I had dinner with the grandson of a man who actually saw the miracle of the sun. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was really amazing. And then met an incredible priest from Kenya, like such a happy spirit who he, like me, was like, Going through some pretty heavy duty suffering yet mm -hmm. he was still on pilgrimage hmm. and it, I, it was just the people are what 
It is. That's it's all about the people. That truly yeah, is. Really. But your Camino didn't finish in Farima either. Also, you continue walking. Well, I, at this point, I no longer am really walking. I mean, I walk. And so, walking. You know, yeah, you walk. But yeah, I kept on. Yeah, I kept on. Uh, kept on pilgrim pilgrimaging, I guess. Um, yeah, so I went to Lourdes next because I still knew there was work to be done in me. Mm -hmm. So I headed to Lourdes and um, I was there on the Feast of the Assumption, which is a national wow. holiday in France. And for an American, that's like so, so different to like. And, and even for France, you've been such a, you know, country that is not religious still they keep that day as a as a holiday yeah it was beautiful it was amazing i didn't um it was amazing too to see the other pilgrims there and the care and love that people were giving to them was mm -hmm. so beautiful you would just see people who were in wheelchairs and you know had serious disabilities and yeah that's the big difference with santiago people for the for the people that are not alerts is a place with all the people that are sick and they'll go yeah. for you know to heal yeah, so there's yeah, some cool. days that you may find thousands of people in in beds wheelchairs any kind of yeah this is so different but beautiful and also part of the community of santiago a lot of pilgrims come from from lures from france so yeah i got my pilgrim stamp in lords so that was really exciting for me um, and in Lourdes, my pilgrimage of forgiveness, uh, actually was complete. Shoot. I feel like teary eyed about it. Um, yeah. So I was there on a pretty significant day in my life and, um, an anniversary. And for me, having gone through what I went through, um, my spiritual directors would say, Michelle, you have to forgive. You have to forgive. Mm -hmm. You have to forgive. Um, and so for me, the sign of me being able to forgive was actually being able to pray for this person who had uh, hurt me so incredibly mm -hmm. deeply and changed my life so dramatically. Um, and so in Lourdes, I actually was able to light a candle for this person. Um, even though on that day, that person was still, you know, kind of unleashing his hatred. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I was able to light a candle and I was able to go to confession, which you wouldn't think it would be hard. As an American, I wouldn't think it'd be hard to go to confession <laughs> because there's all these different languages, right? And are there any English speaking priests? <laughs> they do not claim to speak English. I'm telling you. So what you have to do if you're an American and you're at one of these places like Lords or Fatima and you need to go to confession or you want to because you want the graces, uh, you have to go knock on the door and you have to enter the confessional and you have to say, excuse me, Father, do you speak English? And he'll probably answer you in English, <laughs> and then you know. <laughs> you know that, that happened to me, but but happened you know. in in Tese. Tese is a ecumenical community in France with people from all over, you know. But it's run by a by Catholic, and it's in one of those places that you have to visit. But I went there and I asked, you know, they didn't have priests that confess in English or in Spanish, so they say, you know, doesn't matter. You can go to any one of them. The one that needs to listen is listening. So that's what yeah. they told me. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was able to go into confession and the priest heard my confession. And once again, like just, 
you know, my father in heaven just gave me validation and what, like, it, even in my penance, right? Like, mm -hmm. it was so light and so easy that um, it just really confirmed for me, like, that my pilgrimage really was complete. My pilgrimage mm -hmm. of forgiveness was complete, and uh, it was good. And I just speaking of confession, one of, like, the highlights of my pilgrimage of the Camino was in Santiago. It was raining on the 25th, and um, I had met this group of... Uh, well, there were a couple uh, focus missionaries from my state with this group of Americans. And so when I got to Santiago, I really wanted to go to confession. And it's raining. And I ran into this priest, Father Jordan, this American from, I think, Washington, and uh, said, Father, can you hear my confession? And so he said, yes. Yeah. So I got to confess outside of the cathedral in Santiago well, it's raining to this American priest. And he was so incredibly gracious and so loving and kind that it was just like this abundance of love and grace given to me. So that was probably really one of my biggest highlights, even though I don't always remember it first. Mm -hmm. But then your Caminos, I would say the Camino starts, you know, as you say, whenever you start thinking in your case, Madrid or prior to that and the Camino, I always say it never ends in Santiago. It never ends in Finisterre. In your case, your Camino, you know, how beautiful, what a beautiful story yeah. finishing in look. But then you keep on going. I did. I seriously missed I'm like, Camino. This is. I, a, I will it. walk 500 mile and like, were you singing to yourself that song or? No, no. I mean, I should have been, but no. I was like, literally, just. I had gone to Barcelona and I felt like my pilgrimage was kind of done, right? Um, but. Did you went in Barcelona to the to the big uh, the monastery? Oh no, I didn't get to I didn't get to go to okay. that monastery. Okay, because that's I'm another saying, Camino I'm from Montserrat from the Lady seriously. of Montserrat. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. I just thought I would save it for another time because I've always wanted to go there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I literally Jose was pining for the Camino. Like had such like this yearning and longing and desire for the Camino to be under my feet. Like literally I missed it. I was aching for it. And so that's when um, I knew after Lords that I would start the Del Norte. And so I just got on a train um, and went to Southern France. I went as far as that train would take me. I got <laughs> off the train. I'm like, oh shoot. Like, I think I almost started crying. I'm like, I'm so crazy. Like, what am I doing? Uh, what am I supposed to do? Because there was nothing there. I thought I would get off and there'd be something there, but no, I was in this little residential neighborhood and had no idea which direction to go. And Google maps was being a pain. And <laughs> finally, you know, I asked some people, they pointed me in the right direction and they said, if you just walk straight down this way, you'll come to water. And then if you just walk all the way around, you'll get you to Santiago. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, let's do it. Had some great food there and then started walking and made it to Irun and started my Del Norte Camino. So you go from being a pilgrim, just full of, you know, I'm not going to go the St. Jam because it's hard to walk in <laughs> one of the hardest Caminos. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, yeah, I guess so. And there were issues. I mean, I, there were times where I had to take a bus. Mm -hmm. um, 
I didn't have my inhaler. I ran out of my inhaler for my asthma. And uh, I listened to other pilgrims and they're like, oh gosh, this next stage is like a killer. And, and so I start getting afraid and I'm like, I don't have my inhaler. And if I get stuck up there yeah. having an asthma attack, I mean, nobody's going to bring me a nebulizer. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so I couldn't actually, I chose not to walk one stage because I kept trying to even taxi my pack. I'm like, if I can just taxi my pack, that will take that weight off and I'll be okay. I mm -hmm. couldn't taxi it. So yeah, going to Deba, I had to take a bus and they don't want me to stay at the albergue because I had taken a bus, but really? somehow I had convinced them. My Spaniard came out of me and I was like arguing <laughs> a bit with them. <laughs> and I'm like, this used to be a hospital. This is for the sick pilgrims. I can't walk. Like I, you know, I already walked to Finisterre. You know, I'm a serious pilgrim. It's not like I want to. This is because of my illness. And that's yeah. one of the things, you know, that I always say to everyone, even if you don't want to, it's your own Camino, figure out your own way. Yeah. But in case like yours, I'm like, I don't know how, a, you know, a little can say no. Yeah, they that's actually just said wrong. yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was like the first pilgrim and Deb, <laughs> I got the first bed, which was really, really kind. And mm -hmm. really, I really wanted to be walking, so... Yeah. So now I, so I made it to Bilbao. I met amazing, amazing pilgrims um, on my Del Norte, which uh, I guess some people have felt like there aren't enough pilgrims that they make great connections, but the pilgrims I met on the Del Norte, they are serious, yeah. serious pilgrims. Yeah. Good mm -hmm. friends. I mean, so, Insta friends now, Insta Camino friends, but yeah. What will be, you know, right now as we get closer and like, you have walked the Camino Frances, you have come from a, you know, rough time in your life. Then you go to Lourdes, you go to Fatima, you walk the Norte. If you have to give, you know, five advice to someone that is listening to us, that is thinking, you know, I'm on that moment of my life that I need to do something like this. If Michelle can do it, I can do it. I'm like, you this is right for me. Yeah, no, really honest to goodness. Like when I say like, I was not in good shape, I was not in good shape and no, honest to goodness, I think if you, I didn't rely on myself though. So I do think that you can do it. I think anybody can do it if you don't rely on yourself. If you rely on the Camino to give you the graces, you can do it. I couldn't have done it on my own. I mean, I just know that, but like having finished it, I know my part of it. Like I know my strength mm -hmm. and I like totally embrace that I'm a strong woman um, and that there isn't, you know, any dichotomy in being Catholic woman and being a strong woman. And that for me, like now it's integrated and it's really beautiful. So I think it's a great way to find your strength and to find your, to like, for me, it was rediscovering myself. It wasn't mm -hmm. finding myself. It was like, no, I'm rediscovering who I have always been, mm -hmm. um, but wasn't free to express. So yeah, if I can do it really, I think anybody can but i really do believe you have to re rely on the graces of the camino not on your totally own. agree i love what, what you say you know it's not you are not walking the camino you let the camino allow you to walk in a way and the camino will give you but if you're open as you said you know i've seen people that has been the most sportive you know guys all you know super fit yeah being kicked in the bad way the camino and all this you know 80 something years old pilgrims working with a smile in their face that is just it has to be something there, something else. Yeah, it's beautiful. The Camino it is. is so what will you say? Three advice to anyone oh. that is listening right there, you know, someone that say, you know, American Peregrina, what will be the three advice for the pilgrims coming from the States? 
elf coming from the States. Uh, shoot. I think really, I think it's just an, one, just be open. Uh, mm -hmm. Two, this might be controversial, but don't apologize for being American. I mean, my gosh, like I love my country. I love mm -hmm. her ideals. Like we've gone through probably the craziest year we've seen in long, you know, in a couple hundred years and our country's pretty young. Um, I love her ideals. And mm -hmm. I say that in a place of not having her live up to her ideals in my personal life. Mm -hmm. um, don't apologize for being American and be your be yourself, but also be gracious, of course. Um, and what else? I don't know. I don't know. Medically, I know you, you were talking about your, your asthma. Like, was it easy to find? You know, a lot of people ask me, I know friends that they're diabetic and, you know, I know it's tough in Spain to find some stuff oh, if yeah. you don't have the correct. So for you, you know, being... Yeah, the, farm, uh, the pharmacies tried to help me as best as they could, um, but my prescription wasn't something that they actually had that right dosage for. Mm -hmm. um, so they couldn't give me anything. So yeah, so my next Camino, I'm bringing two inhalers. Um, I'm bringing a lot of stuff with me where the last Camino, I bought almost everything in Spain. Um, and I'm just doing that honestly for my comfort level. And if I, I don't know, that's why I'm doing it. Um, but don't let anything stop you from going. Mm -hmm. Don't let anything stop you. I love what you said, the beginning. you know, be proud of who you are. And, and this goes for Americans, for anyone. Be proud of who you are because the beauty of the community is getting mixed with other people. You will have arguments, but everybody's so open. And I think the Camino is the best forum yeah. that this world has to keep walking, you know, forward. There's things that you're not going to agree with some others. There's things that you're going to agree in politics and religion or anything. Right. But I never seen a fight in the Camino. I never seen, I seen the most you know, beautiful talks mm -hmm. with beer, with guitars, with uh, with anything, yeah. making discussions that, you know, in, as you say, you know, some things that you may agree or may not agree with the constitution yeah. or whatever here in Spain, people don't get pissed in the Camino. People are so open. People are so welcoming that it's just be free to be yourself that and open true. yourself to others because that's also yeah. part of the Camino, embracing others. And when you start, you're one person. And when you finish, there's going to be part of all those pilgrims that walk with you and you. So if you don't... Yeah. If you're not yourself, you're just not being good for the rest. Yeah. And it's so true that, uh, you know, as you were talking, I just was thinking about all the pilgrims I had met, those who I'm not in touch with anymore. Like they really become a part of you. And, mm -hmm. and for me, I had to learn that it was okay for me to be pissed. I mean, I had some guy like being really condescending about kilometers and miles and I had already walked 500 miles. Right. And so I'm like, I, I don't need your help. I don't need your advice. And you just keep on talking to me. And I mean, I think I might've dropped the F-bomb walking the Camino. You can say this is a class 18. Yeah. And that's what is a lot of people, they're afraid. I'm like, sometimes in the Camino, you just have to say, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't want to work with you. It's nothing wrong. I just don't feel that connection. I don't know. It's usually weird because usually you get surrounded by people. They are kind of like on your area or that really... You know, I don't know, there's some kind of like magical force that grants people that are more in your thinking that I can remember maybe one or twice that I met someone that I didn't fit with. But other than that, feel free, as you say, you know, if you have to drop the F-bomb, do it. It's your yeah, Camino, you don't let other run it. I never walked faster on that Camino. 
<laughs> or just try to find someone and you get hooked like eh, let's talk about whatever yeah. but feel free there's always someone in the Camino that is trying to push their Camino and others and that's the last the worst part of the Camino yeah yeah but I mean really the the joys of the Camino outweigh all the negative by totally by far so, yeah. so final, when are you coming back to to continue that Camino? Yeah, so uh, I hope by the end of June, I mean, early July, I'd like to be back in Spain by the end of June. I, I just have to look at plane tickets and call the, call mm -hmm. the airline. So yeah, I mean, soon, this summer, I will be so here. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Yeah, you have your... my pack is or my, yeah, my pack is packed. Um, You're one of those that have the backpack ready to go close to I the did, kitchen, yeah, just I reminded mean, you every day that you have to go. Literally, I just have finished up. I mean, it's not all, there's a couple things I have to, you know, throw in there still, but I mean, I got everything in baggies. I know I shouldn't do the plastic thing, but it just makes sense to my mind. But yeah. For I me, it's pretty much comfortable to get one bag and everything. I, I What I did, I bought the these, uh, these cloth bags in, in Amazon. Okay. So I have everything, you know, in different bags. So when I have to pull something on my back, I don't have to be looking for, that's one of the good things to remember people. Usually Koreans and some Americans are noisy and the plastic bags make a lot of noise. So you have this super cheap on Amazon and I'm not getting any commission, but they're like cloth bags and you can put, you know, your underwear, your clothing, your, yes. your gear, your everything. And it's so much easier to pick. And yeah. I do have packing cubes this time, but for yeah, some those are reason, great. like our baggies just still have this draw for us. I do want to, since you mentioned Koreans, shout out to all the Koreans on the Camino. I seriously loved them. Thank you for all the, you know, albergues have put me in rooms with them because I was just like, you know why they come to the, to the Camino, you know, the main two reasons that they discover the Camino Koreans. Why? One, uh, the Catholics, a lot of them are Catholic, yeah. but two, there was a K-pop band that did a TV show on the Camino. Really? So I they were like the Backstreet Boys of the time. You remember the okay. Backstreet Boys. So there's yeah. this band in Korea that is kind of like on that level yeah. of well-known. And also they put it on the CV when they finish, you know, in college and everything. It's one of those things that you are proud of it and you put it in your curriculum. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that's I, what we're yeah. seeing more and more Koreans every year. I found them just to be amazing people, super open and warm and Mm -hmm. Very American. And I hate to say that, but like, <laughs> I like people with differences, but when you're traveling for so long, like there's something comforting. I now have like this great affection for Canadians too. So <laughs> that's beautiful. Coming from America and finally they are both, both countries are joining and you know, smiling together and you're just making fun of the heads like in South Park. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but I see, we, 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 summer. We complain about we complain about the about the French, you know, being Spaniards being so close. But again, you always fight with the, with your closest neighbor. Yeah. But the beauty of the community that doesn't matter your language, whatever, is just the no. beauty of everyone there yeah. learning from each it's other. Really true. Anyway, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank, thank you so you much for day. opening your heart and your experience to all of us. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of people are, you know, it's gonna and that's the beauty of you talk about your community and that encourage other people to go and walk and discover their own. And I think that's one of the things that we know we have as a gift from the Camino and as a gift that we have to pass on into the next people and keep the Camino as beautiful as it is. Let's hope we can meet one day and you know share yeah. one beer over yeah, here and, and, and walk some some Camino together. So yeah, as we will say, awesome. Buen Camino, Ultraya.
Thanks for listening to El Camino People, the podcast, with me, your host, José Margaranaz. If you like our show, remember there's more stories at elcaminopeople.com, that's the people. And if you like to support our work and you like what we do and you like us to keep doing and keep editing and looking for amazing people to interview, you can support our work at elcaminopeople.com, that's buy me a coffee. We will make sure that that money goes right into our coffee and our long nights editing and interviewing people. And anyway, remember that we are on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. So check us, support our work and keep walking. The most important thing, tag us in your pictures, use the hashtag El Camino People or Camino People. And if you like to be interviewed, please send us a message and whatever help you need from us remember we are here in Pamplona at the gate of the Camino de Santiago so whatever help you need if we can help you and if you go by in Pamplona remember we love to show you our amazing town thanks for listening buen camino ultrella <laughs>